The financial professional field has continued to grow, and so has our need to understand what is out there so we can tap into these services should we need to. I've gotten question after question about this, so I thought I would dedicate a whole episode just for this. Yes, you are here. Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a mixed language podcast hosted by me, Jen Hemphill, to help you become the reign of your money and love your dinero more. If you are needing some inspiration and encouragement at this very moment, you have come to the right place. Gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Now let's jump in to today's Dose of Money Confidence. ¿Qué tal? I am thrilled that you're joining me today. This is Jen Hemphill, your host, and today is just going to be the two of us in this solo episode. As I mentioned earlier, I've gotten question after question, messages where there is some confusion as to what the different financial professionals do out there, what they don't, and how do you know who you need to hire? Well, being Latinos, Latinx, Hispanics, depending on how we identify, we come from countries where there aren't necessarily all those options that we have here when it comes to financial professionals. It's like going to the store for a bag of potato chips and you get to the store and there's a hundred options and you're like, how in the world am I going to choose potato chips? I just want potato chips. <laughs> and so like financial professionals, I know I'm making a weird comparison, potato chips to financial professionals. Don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to elaborate on this example. <laughs> but the idea here is just to show is like so many options and that can lead to confusion. And that's why I wanted to create this episode to minimize the confusion, to really make it crystal clear or better or more clear as to what is out there for you in terms of financial professionals, what they do, what they don't do, and so forth. And of course, as I mentioned, in our respective countries, we don't have all these options like we do here in the U.S. So chances are que la familia, your family, there are some family members that could benefit also from this information. So I wanted to do this for you as well as tu familia because I know they rely on us to provide them some information that they don't necessarily have or know how to get it. So the main goal today is to provide you insight, not only on the different financial professionals and services that are out there, but also those that may be new to your ears. Of course, I'm not going to delay. Let's just get into it. So what are these different types of financial professionals? And I'm not going to go in a specific order. I'm just going to just go as I have it listed here. So we have tax advisors. So you're familiar with tax advisors. And what are tax advisors? They keep up to date on the tax law so that they can provide you strategies, advice, so you can lessen that tax bill while staying within the rules. Because the tax bill is a big liability and you want to make sure not only that you 
pay what's due, but you want to be able to be smart about it and minimize what you can based on what's the laws that are out there and what serves you. Now, tax advisors, they can be CPAs, they can be attorneys, they can be also financial advisors. So a tax advisor, we think a CPA, but it's not necessarily a CPA. As I mentioned, attorneys, financial advisors, those type of people can be tax advisors. Then you also have what you're familiar with as a CPA, Certified Public Accountant. A CPA is a designation for which you have to meet the education, work, and examination requirements. You also have to meet CEUs or continuing education hours after you get certified or after you get the designation. So we've got tax advisors, we've got CPAs, we also have bookkeepers, and you have gotten to meet my bookkeeper a few months back, and I can link up that episode in the show notes. Now, bookkeepers, what they do essentially is they line up the pieces of business financial records for accountants. So they line it up, and then the accountants, they take it a level up, and they do other things to be able to pay the taxes, to have better records and all that. So the bookkeeper lines it up so you can have a good financial record and the accountants, they use that information to help pay your taxes and know your profit, loss, all that good stuff. You also have insurance brokers, but you also have insurance agents. Do you know the difference between the two? Chances are a lot of us have been working more with an insurance agent versus a broker because a broker works directly for you. What they do is they do the research for you to help you choose the best policy for you, whether if it's life insurance, whatever that may be. And brokers, insurance brokers need a state license. They cannot close a deal. They can't sell you a specific policy but the insurance agent can. So yes, insurance broker will make money, but they cannot be the one selling an insurance policy. They have to go through an insurance agent to be able to do this. So the benefit here is that they aren't tied to a particular insurance company, but rather they look at the policies and really compare what the policy covers, what the policy doesn't, and gives this information to you and provides this information so you can best choose the policy based on what is offered, what it covers, what it doesn't, the cost, all of that good stuff. You're not tied to a particular company. So that's what an insurance broker is. The insurance broker, in theory, can give you unbiased advice in terms of who to go with the policy because they're doing the research for the best policy. They're providing you the options where an insurance agent, they work on behalf of an insurance agency. So they will provide you options based on what they have in their particular company. So the difference between the broker besides the broker, they don't work directly under an agency, but they do the research amongst all different policies out there. So they do get paid, but they're unbiased in a way 
where the insurance agent, they will sell you what they have in that company. That's the difference. That's not to say one is bad and what is good. Is just, I want you to have a good framework of what the difference is. Okay. Then there's financial advisors. That's probably a term that you have heard. Financial advisors, that term is really a generic term that can be used to describe other financial professionals. And financial advisors, it can be a one-stop shop in a sense for all the things. For insurance, for estate planning, for tax planning, for investment management, and for financial advisors, there are licenses that they carry that, and different types of licenses out there. And what they carry depends on the type of services they provide. So there's financial advisors. Then there's financial planners. Financial planners, what they do is they help companies or individuals create a plan to meet long-term financial goals. They may specialize in investments or tax planning or estate planning, retirement planning. They might do all of those things. They may also hold certain licenses or designations like the CFP, the Certified Financial Professional, or others. So there's financial advisors, again, that is more of a generic term used to describe financial professionals. They can have licenses depending on what the type of services they offer. And financial planners help companies or individuals meet long-term financial goals. Then there's financial counselors. So you've got financial advisors, financial planners, financial counselors, and financial counselors, what they do or what we do, because I am a financial counselor, they help people learn and implement financial literacy skills and improve their overall financial life. Now, the term financial counselor in itself is not regulated, meaning anyone can call themselves a financial counselor. However, places like AFCPE, which is the Association for Financial Counseling and Planning Education, they offer what's called an AFC, Accredited Financial Counselor Certification, where you have to meet ethical, educational, and experience requirements. So that is what I have. I went through their certification program to become an accredited financial counselor because it was important for me to have not just experience, but it was important to me to have education for someone to hold me accountable. That's not to say I don't trust myself to do the right thing. You know, I do always my best to do the right thing, but to make sure that I show others that I am serving that, hey, I have someone holding me accountable. Should I do something wrong, <laughs> I can get in trouble. So that was important to me. So there's financial counselors. There's also what's, what's called financial therapists. And financial therapists provide emotional support to navigate financial stress. Now, financial therapists, they do have a formal process. They have an educational training in order to become a financial therapist or a certified financial therapist in a place that does this or the main place that does this that I am aware of is the Financial Therapy Association. And with financial therapists, 
I don't know how old this field is, but it's fairly new. Now, financial advisors, that term has been around forever. Financial counselor, in terms of the AFC, that hasn't been around as long as the CFP and the financial therapist, I think, is even newer. Now, money coaches, financial coaches, that's probably a term that you have learned, and that's something that's fairly new as well, and it's not regulated. Anyone can call themselves a financial coach, a money coach. In essence, what financial coaches do is they help people to reach their financial goals, and their role is essentially to provide information and motivation. That's it. Information and motivation. Now, there are some financial coaches or money coaches that I used to call myself a money coach or a financial coach, but I've always had the AFC. There are some money coaches that have gone above and beyond in terms of like the education that they go get to be able to better serve their clients. So there are financial coaches that actually go through coaching education. So not necessarily specifically focus on money, but there are organizations where you can become a certified coach. So I know many coaches that have done that. There's also an organization that provides a certification for specifically financial coaching, for money coaching. But I know a lot of money coaches that just provide their own experience and not necessarily have a designation or certification. And that's not necessarily good or bad. That's just a choice. I know many fantastic money coaches that don't necessarily have a certification. And my role, my job here, what I intend to do is just to educate you on all these different options out there. Now there's financial educators as well. I have seen this pop up I would say in the past several years, again, if it's existed. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Beforehand, <laughs> it could have, but I've seen this pop up in the past several years. There is what's called a certified financial education instruction, and there's a place where you can go and get that certification. It has its own requirements. It's not as rigorous as other certifications or designations, but it's there. And I think those that even go get that, I like seeing people in the field that are out there teaching, that are out there coaching, that are out there providing services, taking that extra step to get more education, to get a designation, a license, a certification, because that shows they're committed. That's not saying that those that don't aren't, but for me, it just adds another layer of commitment. So there's the financial educators. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, that is a lot, but what about those organizations that help you build or reestablish your credit or those organizations or businesses that help you pay off your debt. What about those? I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you. 
This show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. Well, those are businesses or there might be nonprofit organizations, but essentially what happens here is, in my opinion, this is Jen's opinion. This is not <laughs> an official statement of, of the reality. It's just my opinion. Those companies that provide, again, those services to help build or reestablish your credit or pay off your debt or loan consolidations, it's important to know, I think, that at this point, when people are hiring, going to these organizations, people are already desperate. They're overwhelmed. Maybe they have really bad credit and they're needing good credit like yesterday because they want to buy a home. And so they're in a rut and they're desperate and they're overwhelmed and they're stressed. So they search for something and they find these companies. The same with debt payoff. Maybe they're in a ton of debt and they're in desperation mode where they just don't know. They feel like they're not climbing out of that debt. So they find these companies that either do a debt consolidation. And in my opinion, now this is all depending on your situation. Every situation is unique and different. In some instances, when you do your due diligence on these organizations, because these organizations, they can be good or bad. Even nonprofit organizations, they can be good and they can be bad. You need to do your due diligence on everyone, especially if you're going to be paying someone to do a service for you. So again, when someone is looking for these services, chances are they are already in a mental state of overwhelm, desperation. They feel like they're getting nowhere. And in some instances, these services make sense depending on your financial situation. In others, it doesn't. And depending on where you're at, some of these things you can do yourself. But of course, you have to take the time and you have to make the commitment to help to rebuild your credit, to do those steps, to reestablish your credit, to pay off your debt, making a plan to pay off your debt. Okay. Those places, they may have financial counselors or AFCs, maybe, right? They may have people working that have some of those designations, certifications, and they may not. So it all depends on what's important to you. But what's most important is to do your due diligence, do your research, and make sure that you feel confident and comfortable with your decision. There's also influencers, there's bloggers, there's podcasters that they may or may not have a certification or license. What they're doing is they're providing information from their own journey and experience, from their own story, from their own, let's say they got into a lot of debt and they were able to climb out of that debt. They want to share that story and how they did it and they want to help others do that. They want to share what has worked for them, right? And I find you know, just like with anything, 
there's fantastic people out there and fantastic organizations out there, just like there's some that are not to be trusted. And so you have to, with influencers, bloggers, podcasters, again, they may or may not have a certification or license. They may be getting one because they're so committed to the field. And again, they're providing information on their own journey. They're sharing what has worked for them. But you have to take into consideration that your situation, chances are it's different and unique. So what worked for them isn't going to have the exact results for you. And again, some of these influencers, bloggers, podcasters are incredibly amazing. And like anything, you need to be careful. You need to choose wisely who you want to follow and really learn from. Because with anything, influencers, bloggers, podcasters, organizations, nonprofits, and even the professionals that I mentioned that have certifications, licenses, designations, any of those, anybody that I spoke of today, there's the good and the bad. So just because there's a license certification, that doesn't mean that that person's trustworthy. You have to do your due diligence. I think I've said that (laughs) three, four times. You need to ask questions. You need to ask for references. You need to trust your gut. Again, you need to trust your gut. And when you ask questions, you want to make sure that they answer your questions, that they are genuine and that they have the experience that you need, that you know will be helpful to make sure that they can help you, okay? Now, besides what I've shared, there's a ton of designations that you can get. If you want to get into the weeds of it, I have a link in the show notes. If you want to see, there are so many, (laughs) so many designations out there. So I will make sure to link it up just in case you want to get into the weeds and wonder what is all out there. Some things to keep in mind when hiring a financial professional or anybody that you're hiring to help you is understand how they earn their money. Some are commission. As I remember, I talked to you about the broker agent and Then there's the financial advisors as well, or financial planners, some that are commission-based and some that are fee. I didn't get into the fiduciary. So you need to understand how they earn their money, because if they are commissioned, not to say that that is a bad thing, they're only able to sell you what they have. Other things to keep in mind is how, who you're going to work with or who you're considering work with, how they earn their money and maybe commission. Maybe it's on their in their service itself. And maybe it's a combination. Maybe some are just paid by an organization. Like if, if you're going to someone that is going to help you pay off the debt, let's say. So you need to just understand as well. I think it's important to understand how they earn their money with commission. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And you just need to understand that, hey, they're providing a service and they're going to be earning money, not on the service itself, but what they sell you could be the insurance policy, whatever that may be. You also just want to be aware if it's regulated or not. Maybe this is super important to you. Maybe it's not. At the end of the day, again, I've shared earlier, 
just because you have a license certification and whatnot, that doesn't mean you're trustworthy, right? Just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean you're trustworthy. You just need to do your due diligence and trust your gut. So money coaches that I mentioned aren't regulated, but there's fantastic financial coaches out there. Financial advisors are regulated, but I'm sure there's some financial advisors, just like anything, that you just have to be wary of. With financial advisors, there is called the FINRA broker check that you can check out if you want to just do a quick search on a financial advisor that you're looking into working just to see. It's kind of like the Better Business Bureau (laughs) where you can see if there's any complaints, but for financial advisors. So that's called the FINRA broker check. Now, another thing to consider, too, is that there's some professionals like financial advisors that they say, well, I can provide you tax planning and estate planning and retirement planning and all that. And in my opinion, again, this is Jen's opinion only, you can't be an expert in all things finance. You can have the knowledge. And why do I say, but you just can't be the expert. And why do I say that? Again, this is Jen's opinion. (laughs) No one else's. Jen's opinion. I strongly feel that if you don't work day in and day out in that particular need, for example, if you don't work day in and day out in taxes, it's hard to stay up with the laws and the trends and be fully informed. So for example, I have done taxes before. I've done volunteer work where I've done people's taxes. And I could say, hey, I can do your taxes, right? I can help you do your taxes and charge a fee. But I don't work in this day in and day out. And yeah, I might read up on the laws and say, hey, but and I read up on the laws this year, I understand. But there's different nuances sometimes that come up. And if you don't work day in and day out in this field, again, in my opinion, You can not be providing your service at the level that you could if you were just focused on that area. That is my own opinion. Again, it's Jen's opinion only. That's why, you know, for me, my, the area that I stick to is just helping you systematize your finances, simplify your finances help you get out of that scarcity mindset. Those are the areas, you know, and budgeting. Those are the areas that I'm focused. You don't hear me teach about investing. You don't hear me teach about taxes. I could teach about that and I could provide simple classes about that. But when it comes to helping individual people, I would refer that out to someone. And plus, as an accredited financial counselor, I can't help you with your investments, right? That is a financial planner's job, not mine. Enough of that soapbox. Again, when looking for someone to help you, I feel like if they're claiming to be an expert in all things finance, I would be wary. Again, that's just my own opinion, and I shared with you why. Now, today we have learned a lot. And I hope that you've been paying attention because we're going to have a pop quiz shortly. Okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We have learned about the different types of financial professionals out there. And I'm sure in several years that list will continue to grow. And hopefully this was insightful for you. Hope you learned something. And that this way, not just to better inform yourself, but 
you can also pass this on to your family, to la familia. In fact, it's just probably easier if you just let them know, hey, listen to this episode or listen to this episode together. Moving on. I am curious, have you shared your voice as to what you want to learn for our on-demand workshops? If you haven't heard, we are planning different on-demand workshops and they will have a cost, but it will be minimal. And you can submit, this is where you want to share your voice, the topics that you want to learn about over at jenhempill.com forward slash dinero workshops. That's jenhempill.com forward slash dinero workshops. And of course, that's going to be linked up in today's show notes. Next week on the podcast, we will be talking to Denise Soler. Cox, an award-winning filmmaker and a ton of fun to be with. If you are wondering why you have heard her name here, well, she happened to be our MC for our event, Financially Strong Latina, this year. Bueno, pues, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 307. That's jenhempill.com forward slash 307. Remember, being the reina of your money starts at this very moment simply by claiming it. I believe in you, and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao.